0: Hello and welcome to a unusual edition of the Manchester is Red podcast uh, where I'm joined by James Robson, hello, and, uh, and myself Samuel Luckers, we're in Santa Clara having just witnessed Manchester United's uh, second pre-season game against the San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, the game was pretty inconsequential to say the least, uh, what was not inconsequential uh, was the development that is on the Manchester United News website of Anthony Marshall's future that uh, the manager Jose Mourinho would certainly be open to uh, selling him at this stage? Uh, James, given that there are just over two weeks of the window open left for United sign players, do you think United should be selling Marshall?
1: I think their bigger concern is going to be who they're bringing in. That's obviously what they've got to be. That's the priority, who you're going to bring in. But you can see how Marshall fits right into that, can't you? Because uh, from what we understand, Mourinho wants to bring in another forward, wants to bring a winger. And you can see how maybe he'd have a fight with the board to say, you know, they could say, well, we've got Marshall, we've got Rashford. Why do you need anyone else? So getting him off the books would, would pave the way, wouldn't it? But of course, what we know is that United don't want to sell Marshall. Which which is a, a problem. When the, the, the manager
0: wants something to happen so somebody else yeah. can come in, but the hierarchy quite quite understandably are you know that they, they look at Marshall as a player they invested what fifty up to fifty eight million pounds in that was three years ago, it was a virtual unknown then. Now in the current climate where fourth choice goalkeeper's going for ten million pounds, his valuation is possibly pushing a hundred million. Um, it's, it's a quandary there, and particularly when you take into account that there's a player like William, who Mourinho does like and has tried to bring to United before, and with supporters, that wouldn't necessarily rest easily when you're getting rid of a 22-year-old and bringing a 29-year-old in.
1: Yeah, there are two very clear divides here, aren't there, this, yeah. uh, a bit of this argument. From Jose Mourinho's point of view, he's probably thinking someone like William, 29, someone like Perisic, 29, someone like Gareth Bale, 29, they will come in and next season they might just make United a title-challenging team. The club are probably thinking, we spent 36 and rising to 58 million for Martial, who's 22, and might end up being a £100 million player uh, or beyond. Can we can we really agree with this plan to get rid of him and bring in an older player? And let's face it; those older players we're talking about, you're not getting them on the cheap either, are you? You know, you, uh, yeah. William, we're talking 65 million. Yeah, um, Bale is going to be probably. of of, 100 million. You would think, wouldn't you? And then you're talking about uh, Perisic, who last year United didn't want to spend 48 million on. And after the World Cup he's had, it's probably knocked 20 million on top of that, hasn't it? Yeah. So you can see where they're coming from. But you can also see where Mourinho's coming from. And what he's thinking is, I can't trust Marshall right now. And right now, I need a team that's going to win me the title. Yeah. I think the concern for United fans would be, is Mourinho thinking about himself or is he thinking about the club? You know, is he thinking long term or is he thinking, right? I need the players who can win me the title in the next year. Yeah.
0: With, with, with Martial, obviously, he, he started his United career as a striker, but it's clear the fact that Mourinho revoked the number nine from him and gave him the 11, he sees him as a winger. He's played him as the number nine in pre-season. We're two games in. It is pre-season. We take these mitigating factors into account, but even the most ardent in fact maybe not the most ardent of Marshall's followers because they're, they're such a rabid bunch but watching him against San Jose Earthquakes he was objectively probably the worst player on the pitch there's, there's an apathy about him um, he, was, he was okay at the start against Club America but it's quite clear that as a backup striker to Romelu Lukaku he probably doesn't cut it um, bearing all that in mind I mean, the, 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 the obvious argument here is that if you're getting rid of Marshall, who are you going to bring in?
1: Is there an attainable upgrade on him? In terms of an immediate upgrade, yeah. They are. Because, <clears throat> look, I, I could totally understand the United fans thinking, we're getting rid of Marshall and bringing in Perisic or yeah. William. I totally understand them saying, how is that, how is that better? Yeah. Um, I get that. But in terms of immediately and what Mourinho wants... I think they're going to do a job now then you've got the whole argument of a like I was saying before is it a case of who can do a job and who's the the long term future I think from the fear for United fans and from the club is that is Marshall going to be Salah is he going to be De Bruyne Bruyne. and there's a very real chance you know when they signed him it was in the it was in the deal that if he got World Player of the Year they'd have to pay another big now I know that that's put in a lot of contracts, but it's not putting everyone's contract. You know, in Diogo Dallas' contract, it's not going to be, if he gets yeah. play World Player of the Year, you've got to pay extra. There are certain players they think could get that. And um, I remember just last year, talking to people at United, and they were saying that he could be, he's every bit as good as Kylian Mbappe. That's what they were thinking. Now, in the space of a year, Mbappe has been... They're the probably st- wrong on the- that. Well, well, <laughs> they, well, maybe, maybe not. Um, but in the space of a year, Mbappe's been the star of the World Cup, hasn't he? And Marshall got dropped from the team before Fans even went out there, but but has has Marshall,
0: as he's had some brilliant coruscating, pulse-setting moments, but has he ever done something that akin to what Mbappe did yes. against debut against Liverpool? It was it against did. Martin Skirtle, it was a little bit Liverpool. of a lucky ricochet. It, <laughs> I, th- I think this is this is partly the problem with Marshall in that he he came as an unknown people were writing him off there was a uh, a newspaper that had a specific back page which didn't necessarily reflect the author's story on it and come that Liverpool game he scores you know it's pandemonium because it looks like Liverpool again back into the game he nips it in the bud it's it's the best debut you could possibly imagine the song is sparked from it i'm sure a lot of people the majority of people who are listening to this know what the chant is does that skew the opinion on Marshall? Because, let's face it, under Mourinho, he has had chances, he has had prolonged runs in the team, but he hasn't quite cut it.
1: No, that's absolutely right. He hasn't, but I think he would argue that he's not had a prolonged run in his favoured position. Which is? Which is centre-forward. I think he sees himself as a centre-forward. In his first season... When he scored that great goal against yes. Liverpool. he scored what, 17 goals that season in a Vanguard side? Top, he was the top scorer, yeah. As a Vanguard side that weren't exactly creative. No. When I think of Marshall and when I think of Rashford as well, you can add him to it. I just think of what would Fergie do with those players? And I think if he had Marshall and Rashford, he'd be playing every week. So, so. You, you might have a, a front two of Marshall and Rashford. So, so, if Ferguson had
0: Lukaku, he would be on the bench and he'd be playing. Rashford and Marshall ahead.
1: I don't want this to come to come out the wrong way. I don't think Fergie would have signed Rashford. Uh, sorry, Lukaku. Uh, Lukaku. I don't think Fergie would have signed Lukaku. So, so take that out of it. I think if Lukaku is in your squad, you've got to play him. And I get that. And I think we saw at the World Cup that a lot of the the. The, the criticism of him I think a lot of people let their words because he was like, one of the best set boys at the World Cup in terms of <laughs> he was one leading scorer so you're pulling a face here for, I am, for I, 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 I'm partly playing
0: devil's advocate but I'm also saying he scored his four goals against two of the poorest
1: sides he, he did but his in... best games were against Brazil Brazil was what? his best game probably
0: in the first half, in the second half, he tailed off, and his infamous first touch was apparent in that against France. He had a couple of half chances, he bungled them. Against uh, Japan, granted, he was having a really frustrating evening, but it's testament to his class that come that mean, yeah. phenomenal counter attack. They, you know, he plays two major roles in it. He, he's he's certainly worthy of the status of United number nine, but there does seem to be. Um, a theory or certainly an opinion among a certain section of United supporters that if they had a more mobile forward or a more mobile figurehead they'd be better off for it which which is it's kind of unusual in a way because you look at the last few seasons United's main striker before Lukaku it was Ibrahimovic who scored a lot of goals but there were times where he could absolutely madden you because he was immobile he was static fair enough he was in his mid to late 30s so you, you've got to take that hit Rooney was busted flush, we all know that. Van Persie, certainly post Ferguson, um, whenever his hair went grey, it looked like his, his form reflected his age as well, unfortunately. Um, but going back to that first Van Persie season when his touch and his motion, his movement, it was, it was almost as if it was in one movement. Shouldn't that be the striker that United should aspire
1: to have? No, I, I think. I can see that maybe United fans would think that because, as I was saying, I I don't think Fergie would have signed Lukaku. yeah. Um, But I think in Mourinho's system, and this is who United have got, he's the manager, Mourinho's system, I don't think you could get a much more effective striker than Lukaku. I'm thinking if you go around the Premier League, in the system United play, who would do better in that role? Harry Uh, Kane. But they're not going to sign Harry Kane, They're not going to sign Harry Kane, despite... um, despite the, how much they would like to sign yes, Harry Kane yeah. um, but I, again in the system United by I don't necessarily think he would do better than Lukaku. I think he is the perfect striker for that system and that's why the, 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 the situation surrounding Sanchez and Marshall and Rashford is is so pertinent because that system that, that front man who is the strong man if you've got the really mobile wide men around him who are scoring goals I think it works perfectly and the problem yeah. has been that they can't find the right role for either Marshall or Rashford and certainly since Sanchez came he hasn't fit in at all you know, I think he, he drops way too deep for the, the system they play and, and he
0: was doing that against San Jose as well he, he
1: was and you know you just think that's the frustration because the ball's not getting up to him quick enough yeah, I think it's someone like Lukaku. I, I I go back to this, but I think if he was playing for City. He'd score like fifty goals a season. I think they did just so. Much, the ball bounces around the box so much. Yeah, you know, Raheem Sterling got what, twenty odd goals, didn't he? I think Lukaku would be looking at double that number. Yeah. And the fact is, at United, he gets such a paucity of service, as he does for Belgium, which showed as well in the World Cup. he got but such a lack of service. Th- th- this. I'm glad you
0: touched upon that because there are a lot of Lukaku apologists on Twitter who will say, after he's not scoring a game, Oh, the the service wasn't great for Lukaku today, if only the service was good. But when you look at that France game, there were certainly in either side of half time, there were passes that came in where the defender didn't miss you know, misread it. But certainly in the second half, that de Bruyne pass mm-hmm. where he's caught on his heels a little bit and then you look at the um third playoff place game against England where his touch just let him down to an extent it's it's mythical isn't it that that he does he does (laughs) he does have service fair enough at United there are times where they are devoid of creativity and we saw that against San Jose the earthquakes but given that he scored he had he was on 11 goals at the end of September and he ended with 27 that's it's harsh to say it's a failure, but he should have hit. Thir- the
1: th- he should have broken the 30 gold barrier minimum. Well, I'm going to declare an interest here. <laughs> in this. Uh, I discovered at the World Cup a new bet, and this bet was uh, shots on target. <laughs> and I was thinking. So um, it just so happens that I, I won a, the first time I had this bet was uh, I, I had an enhanced bet with a certain bookmakers on Kylian Mbappe shots on goal, and the bet was it was something like. 3-1 for Mbappe to have two or more shots on, to, on goal and I right. thought he's right. France's main striker he is going to get a whole load of shots on goal
0: was their main striker well, he didn't
1: have a shot on target <laughs> <laughs> absolutely but Mbappe for France yes. great team uh, great loads of chances I thought he's going to have a load of shots on target yeah. but that was the game against Argentina yes. where he scored two goals and he had yes. two shots on target and that was it and um, having won on that bet I then I've found a, a loophole there I'm going to make a fortune at this World Cup and I had that same bet on several different strikers throughout the tournament uh, and without boring you too much I lost a lot of money on Cristiano Ronaldo having two or more shots in the game he had one I lost a lot of money on um, Luis Suarez having two or more shots on target he had one and then I lost uh, a lot of money on the on Carco in a series of games <laughs> And the thing is, what is the, you, point you, of the, this? the point of this is that you pay a lot of attention at the amount of chances those guys are given. Yes. So it's not a case of oh how good they are when they're in front of goal. Do they hit the target? Yeah. It was how many chances they actually get in a game, the right. top game, top strikers, and it was so few. And it opened my eyes to it. And Lukaku, in general, was getting next to no real chances per game. And that's with Belgium, with Hazard and De Bruyne he have in the Japan it. game. The Japan game was, unfortunately, he had two shots blocked, which I later found out you don't win a bet on being on target. But the... He had there one save from a header. And there and was then a he header dummied. that he missed he as missed well. A he missed a header. He, a header. And when he it in the last minute, I was the only person who was absolutely gutted, because I thought, if he, <laughs> if he connects to this, I'm, I'm quits in, and I wasn't. Right. but so uh, I think there was a point there somewhere. I, I think,
0: <laughs> yeah, I think regardless of our... Uh, you know, dispute over Lukaku. He should be United's number nine going ahead. That's fair enough. In terms of the, the way we're looking at, it, I mean, again, go, being in the Mourinho press conference afterwards, he was pessimistic about um, the preseason. He wants to play every preseason game in Los Angeles. Of course, he couldn't. He was in San Jose. We'd like him to as well. We, we would, yeah. And he's going to uh, Detroit later this week, and he's going to Miami at the end of the preseason, but. What he, what's been a common theme so far is that he seems to have the, the bulk of that first 11 against Leicester on August the 10th mapped out, in that it will be De Gea in goal, it will be Valencia right back, Smalling by the centre backs, Luke Shaw at left back, uh, he said Sanchez, Marshall, and, and Matter are penciled in, in the midfielders. Uh, Matic is back, he's, he was talking about Matic's spin of prospective caps in the other night, so he would say it's safe that he's in. In terms of the midfield, now I know you are not a big fan of Herrera at the moment, and particularly looking at him on the pre-season, he's not really excelled. Um, is Andreas Pereira finally going to start a Premier League game against Leicester on August the tenth?
1: Well, he's been one of the few on, yeah, on tour so impressed. far in two games. I, I think he really looks the part. I yeah, think he's, he's got he's got a lovely touch. He's got a turn of pace about him. Yeah. He can beat a man. Um, he, he has a good habit of finding a teammate when he passes the ball. I like the look of him. And, you know, I just look at last season and think, you know, when Mourinho didn't want him to go on loan, did he? No. And he and he insisted on going away. And you think, well, at that point, he was probably ahead of McTominay, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, he, he, he would have thought. Pereira going out on loan uh, meant that McTominay was promoted to the
1: yeah. first team. And McTominay, as we know last season, was getting in ahead of Paul Pogba. Yeah. So Pereira might well have been way ahead in his yeah. development. And you just wonder if that's going to work against him, because, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him given a chance, but... He you, spent two years in Spain. Yeah, and you've got Herrera, and you've got McTominay now, who's established himself yeah. around the first team. Mourinho who was his player of the year, he said. You've got Matic, Fred, Pogba, you know, how many... Fellaini. Opportunities, Fellaini, yeah, yeah, we forget about him. You, how many opportunities is Herrera going to get? And you think, well, he might end up going out on loan again. And I yeah. think that would be a shame, because... Um, he looks like he's good enough to be around that first team. You know, yeah. I, I don't
0: think anybody would have necessarily disagreed with that last year, but he made that rash decision. It didn't work out at Valencia. If it had done, you'd probably imagine it have been sold by now. Um, but McTominay came in. I don't think there are many United fans who would argue that McTominay is a superior footballer than Pereira. But for what Mourinho wants, would he be willing to stake his faith in... Pereira
1: over the player who he said was his player for year mm, last I, season. I mean, I would say no because I think I, the other thing about McTominay is he's one of those players that managers love. They yeah. love players who, who do exactly what, yeah, they who will follow what you say. Yeah. And uh, you know, he, uh, McTominay doesn't seem to have an ego about him. Um, you know, he will do a job. And uh, I remember last season I was talking to Brian McClair about him. He was saying that at every level through the youth. Uh, through the academy setup, up McTominay was always in that highest bracket of the players and they, they always put him as one of the elite elite players and I know a lot of United fans look at him and think are they sure he's a United player you know he's yeah. not exciting what have you but he's obviously got something about him that from a, from a kid coaches have spotted that this is a this is a top top player yeah. and you know you might, maybe people would have said the same about Gary Neville when you know when, when he first broke through you know yeah. well, how exciting is he but you know what a great career he had. You know, every squad needs those players, don't they? Yeah, um, yeah. So I can see why Mourinho likes with Tompe but he doesn't thrill. No, I, I get that. Yeah. Whereas Pereira's got the got the potential to, hasn't he?
0: Yeah. Well, he. I mean, he, he is a forward by trade, but Mourinho is truly um, clearly he's trying to convert him into a, a holding midfielder, which isn't necessarily his forte. But he's got a fleet of foot. He's got a forward pass. I mean those who have observed Fred at close quarters might say that he's quite similar to him so it makes a pathway to that first mm. team difficult um, Scoles t- was a forward exactly yeah, and then yeah, into a yeah. You, you know there's there's still time to convert the player into a different position and for it to pay off and uh, I think a lot of United fans would actually like to see Pereira succeed at the club um, a position that we touched upon earlier that is of urgent need of addressing is the right wing Chong started there against San Jose. Um, kind of you know, proved Mourinho right, what he said about his lack of physicality, and he, his legs are like twiglets, I suppose. Mata started there against Club America. Uh, is Is there... Who, if you had a blank cheque that you could sign anyone, who would you sign for that role? Well, you know the answer to that because we've (laughs) we've discussed
1: this (laughs) on numerous occasions. Of course, it's Gareth Bale, but but, but world class.
0: Realistically, in the summer where Madrid Mm. have sold Cristiano Ronaldo, are they going to get rid of Gareth Bale as well? I don't think
1: so. No, I don't think so. And I, I also think Madrid. I don't think it takes much to convince Gareth Bale to stay at Madrid yeah. and I think they've said the right things to him again this summer that's going to make him stay. And what would convince him to stay at Madrid? Just telling him that you're going to play because yeah. he, we know, United have wanted him now for five summers straight and they've tried to sign him well, for five summers They've wanted straight. him since
0: he was a teenager at Southampton. That too, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and it's always, it's always hinged every summer on whether he thought he had a chance at Real Madrid because he does not want to leave Real Madrid. And yeah. I mean, you look at what he's done there. I totally understand that. You know, if he'd have left Madrid and come to United, he would be um, four Champions League trophies down, wouldn't he? Yeah. So I, I get that, and I think that it, all it takes is a little bit of wooing from them, and they know that, and it's worked. Is you know, but, well, we think it's worked. That's what we're hearing. Isn't yes. It? So we we think that it, by telling him, look, yeah, you're going to play this year. That's all he needs to hear. So um, I think that's going to rule out United. So then it comes to well, okay. I, I suspect United always accepted that he was the you know the dream target but we've been here before we've been yeah. burnt before I I would at the moment I'd be leading I, I would say I, I could see Perisic being the one um, he's absolutely a Mourinho player after are the-
0: United are going to spend 70 million uh. bearing in mind like a year ago Inter's asking price was yeah. around 50 million he then signed a new contract his contract I think Goes to 2022. He's just had a very, very good World Cup. His yeah. valuation in the current post Neymar climate, you would probably say estimate it at minimum 70 yeah. million. Yeah, they're not going to pay that for.
1: A I don't. Know. I think. Well, I think the, the what you fell into mention there is the Darmian factor. <laughs> and I think I think well, D- I think Darmian... everyone would welcome that. Yeah, <laughs> I think Darmian can make that look like a much better deal on paper. So I would imagine to most fans Damian has been is a write-off in terms yeah. of you know in terms of oh, exactly. It's of like a tax write-off isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And if you can knock off 20 million from the the price for Perisic for Damian you know if you can get that closer to 50 million all of a sudden on the back of a really good World Cup I mean whether or not they should be spending that money on a 29 year old winger Who's pushing is, 30, yeah. is another matter entirely and I would definitely have my doubts about that yeah. but I just think, after this World Cup, I I would imagine Mourinho, we know he saw um, Ed Woodward last week over here. I would imagine there has been an element of, I told you so about that. You wouldn't pay an extra £2 for the guy I wanted last year. Look at him in the World Cup. He's one of the most effective wingers going. Um, So he just strikes me as the ultimate Mourinho signing. Oh, he does. Whether that's what fans want, you know, whether that's what Ed Woodward wants, I think we all know Ed Woodward would like. Yes, Gareth Bale. Um, but I can just see, I can just see
0: it. I can see it. Uh, are into that stupid to take a hit on Perisic just to get someone like? It's
1: not a hit on Perisic. They're going to get, like you said, around £70 million for a, a guy so who's 90, turning 30. So
0: he's a £90 million player. No,
1: no, I'm saying it would be £70 million overall. You, you'll probably work out close to £20 million for Damian, so, so £50 million, Yeah,
0: which is what they wanted from him last year. Yeah, yeah. That's what They're going to want more than that, surely.
1: I don't, well, maybe, but as, as we discussed earlier off off tape, um, Damian's stock is still very high in Italy, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that's... But and bit, it gives you 50
1: million more to spend on that, someone
0: that, else. That, that is mystifying how uh, Italian football si- still seems to deem someone like him who is probably the most. I mean, there's not much interest to have in Yeovil, but of all the people in Yeovil, he looked the most uninterested for that <laughs> FA Cup game uh, back in January. It, it, it's, it's still peculiar that a lot of people in Italy still think that there's some. Um, um, there's some value in him. Uh, looking ahead to the rest of the tour, uh, I suppose, like, it's, with, with all due respect to Club American and San Jose, who, in, in fairness to them, United became the first team not to score against them this Ooh, season, yeah. and they're bottom of the Western Conference. But United. Like historical have, night. Yeah. United have got their, their ICC games coming out. They're playing against Milan, who have got the bulk of their squad there, as Mourinho said, because Italy didn't qualify for uh, the World Cup. Liverpool have got the majority of their players available. Real Madrid, because Spain went out very early on, have got uh, the bulk of their squad available as well. Can a lot be read into what United do from now on? And should we be judging them harshly against guys like... Bonucci and Van Dijk and Salah and Ramos and Tony Cruz.
1: Look, we know what pre-season is. Pre-season is just about getting fit. But yeah. you can't ignore the fact that the season kicks off in around three weeks' time. It's less than that, yeah. And if, if, the, you know, if they're looking like they look today and against Club America, you start to get worried. You know, yeah. you, you need, you're need you going to need a, a sharp uptake in performance yeah. in that season. Less than three weeks to say, um, look, it's not in, it's not important. But we saw from last season what City didn't start of the season, and they bolted, and no one could keep, keep up with them. Okay. United absolutely have to start on fire, which yeah. is why when Mourinho's talking about being um, worried because he's not going to have his players for the first game of the season, uh, worried because he hasn't got the majority of his transfer business done. Well, I think we should. Everyone should be worried. Because
0: is that is that a coded message to the words, so. words yeah. to? I think so. Yeah. I think so
1: having been in this business for a while yes. you start to yeah, yeah. you start to look for hints don't you and you yeah. start thinking um, is he getting his excuses in early and you do worry about it because we saw last season Conte did this in the summer didn't he yes. yeah, all sorts of oh I can't get the players I want oh I'm worried about the mm-hmm. new season and it started off as an absolute stinker and carried on that way and it was oh, I told you so I told you so yeah. Like that is in some way uh, the, but, but that makes it okay then but you can imagine, come November, Mourinho looking back and saying, look, I told you, I told you on tour that we, you know, I was really worried, we didn't have the players and, yeah. and all this sort of thing. And I think you've got, to, you've got to be worried, if he's worried. And I don't think he's making it up, because no. I, I, I take your point, I think it definitely is a message to Woodward, but I also think he's right with it, because, look, at the moment they've got Lee Grant, uh, Diogo and, um and Fred. And that's not going to make up 19 points difference on City. No. Who've no. just signed a, a club record signing in Mara's, And they don't need another forward. Who, who could be a bench warmer, in fairness. Yeah. I mean. He's a good one to come off the bench, he, isn't he? He certainly is. And there's I'm sure a lot of
0: United fans, as we saw last year, would, would argue that they, the club should have been going for, for Maras themselves. But, I mean, City have got. You look at David Silver, he can't go on doing that forever. Fernandinho looked again we're harsh maybe we're being a bit knee-jerk on the back of the World Cup but he looked shot in that Brazil game against Belgium the, tem- the defence is still very frail uh, sorry fragile uh, United exposed that at the derby back in April that's not to say that United are definitely going to be uh, you know the, 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 the ones to challenge City but surely there is some hope there given how how um, vulnerable, you could argue, the City are, that if United do go out and sign at least two more players and two big players, that they can credibly challenge them this season.
1: Well, I think that's what they're hoping. (laughs) Yes, there are a lot of ifs there and a lot of caveats. (laughs) There are a lot there. Um, I don't know. The problem with this United squad is it just feels like such a muddled up squad of three different, four different managers' ideas. And I, I feel like almost like you can't see the wood for the trees. Yeah. And you'd almost say a total clear out to, to you know start again, but that would I think that would be too ruthless. But and you're hoping that Mourinho is he can see oh actually if I just tweak here I tweak there then it's all going to come together. But but tweaking is you know, not going to cut it when you're 19 well, no, points behind no, City. No, and I don't, I don't know that. So let's say they sign Toby Idrul or. Or Harry Maguire at centre back. Yeah. Let's say they sign even Gareth Bale. I don't know that that solves all the problems. I don't know. I don't know that, that solves the problem of having two 30 odd year old fullbacks, and what we know now is just how important fullbacks are to, to the modern game, aren't they? They're essentially wingers now. you know I, I still look at that midfield, and well, he spent 200 million on that midfield in three summers virtually it still doesn't quite look right but maybe Fred's going to be that missing link but I I don't know I still look at it and think I compare it to cities, and I think it's it's not as good and I look at it and I compare it to to Liverpool's I think we probably agree that Liverpool have won the transfer window (laughs) and I know that's going to be hard for United fans to hear but they look to have solved every problem at that club and I don't know that I think United is still some way off solving all of their problems
0: I don't think anyone would uh, would disagree with that, in fairness. Um, yeah, on, on, on that pessimistic note, we'll, uh, we'll end it there. But uh, again, we'll be doing one of these podcasts uh, either in Carson City or Michigan-Detroit next week. So hopefully there'll be some developments there. Uh, there'll be a lot of original content and pieces from the Manchester United pre-season tour, be it chats with players or Mixer and what have you to come so stay tuned for all that um, I can't remember what Rich Fay normally says but he says something about subscribe to iTunes and leave us a review if you could do that we'd be very grateful and appreciative thank you very much for listening to this latest uh, edition of the Manchester is Red podcast and we will speak to you again very very shortly thank you